There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the Thank you for tuning in to this Tuesday edition of the podcast. We'd certainly like to welcome each and every one of our listeners. I'd like to give a special welcome to our homeschool chapel service people, those listening at home. And I know many of you have contacted us and you use this as a devotional for the family. We certainly appreciate that. We'd like to welcome you and thank you for listening. For those of you commuting, we'd also like to welcome you. And I know many folks listen just sitting in their home. We certainly appreciate that. No matter how folks listen, we appreciate it. We're thankful. Would you let others know? They also might tune in, also might listen to the Word of God, and we have a lot of prayer needs. We have a lot of folks we've been praying for on this podcast. In and around this podcast, a lot of folks have contacted us. They're listening, and uh, some of those are seeking God. Would you pray for them that this would be instrumental in helping them to understand the knowledge of the holy? In Hebrews chapter 6, the Word of God says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And so he tells us, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on under perfection. Boy, that's a hard thing for a lot of folks to understand. How can you leave uh, the principles of the doctrine of Christ? He said the principles. He didn't say the doctrine. But the principles of the doctrine, I believe there's a lot of folks floundering at the principles and they've not yet found Christ. I believe they have the ideals, if you will, to use modern terminology, and uh, they're, they're looking at Christ. They're even practicing what others practice concerning Christ. But he said, we're going to leave the principles of the doctrine of Christ and we're going on under perfection. It is the perfecting of the saints. That's what God has called us unto. A lot of folks have these ideas of what ministry is and what Christian growth is and and walking in the Spirit is, the Spirit-filled life. And he tells you right here, it's going on under perfection. That's what God is requiring of each and every one of us. It does put a tremendous amount of pressure on me because God is requiring that of me. Not only he said a perfection, but he said not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. There is no new foundation in this. And I've heard many over the years, and it took me a long time to understand this, and I saw men practicing that. They lay another foundation of repentance from dead works. A lot of confusion. And there's a lot of people that are just one way or the other. They don't know if they're saved, if they're lost, they're confused, they're up, they're down, they're in, they're out, because someone has laid another foundation for them of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. And then he said of the doctrine of baptisms, and again, these are the principles, the doctrine of Christ, and of laying on of hands, and we have left that. You no longer receive those gifts by the laying on of hands. You no longer receive 
You know, and you can say what you need to about this, but you're not going to receive salvation from baptism. You're not going to receive the Holy Ghost from water immersion. But it's a it's a matter of faith. It's a matter of obeying God, believing God. Laying on of hands has profited no one as far as concerning spiritual gifts in this day in which we live, and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And so he tells us these things. We're not laying again these foundations. These things have been established. We know what the Bible teaches. We know what the Bible preaches. We're not going to go beyond this and establish a new doctrine, or in this case, he says, a new foundation. We're not going to go put another foundation when that foundation is Jesus Christ. He is the fulfillment of all things. In verse 3, and this will we do if God permit. So Paul is writing to the Hebrews and giving them understanding. You have to realize this is a people that has been bound by, you can say, legality of the law for all these generations. And now in Christ, he's made them free. God has delivered them from their sin. Therefore, there's no foundation they're going to lay but that which is Christ Jesus. And he's telling them, we're not going to go back and lay another foundation because you're no longer under the law, but you're under the grace of God. You're no longer bound to the law. You're bound to Jesus Christ. You are that living sacrifice. You are bound to that cedar board by that scarlet thread dipped in that blood and water, slain, or that bird is slain in an earthen vessel over running water. That is you. You're a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Therefore, a foundation is not going to be laid other than that which has already been laid in Jesus Christ. And he said, this will we do if God permit. Now, God has permitted. That foundation, my friend, was laid for them, and it's the same foundation which is still laid for us. We do not go and lay another foundation for men today. There's no other expectation today except for the person of Jesus Christ. In verse 4, he says, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come if they shall fall away to renew them again under repentance. See, and they crucified themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. Now, again, I had to look at that and I wrestled it through and I just read, this is just the only thing I have on this. He said to renew them again under repentance. That's why he first said, we're not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. There is nothing else required. If they did fall away, if they shall fall away, he said he cannot renew them again under, under repentance. Why? Because there is but one foundation that's laid in repentance. And that foundation is Christ. That is the foundation of repentance. And yet, if they could fall away, if they should fall away, if they will fall away, I believe it's because they've never come to repentance. See, and they crucified themselves, the Son of God afresh, and put him to an open shame. And therefore, that word repentance is key in understanding that when you come to repentance, it's not cliche, although it is used as a cliche. But God has saved you to a life of repentance. And so you don't have another foundation of repentance. This isn't tiered salvation. This isn't a second blessing. We're not offering a second atonement or a second work of grace. But it's those things. And it's taught, commonly reported, amongst many Armenians and many churches, that these are those that have come. They've been birthed again in Jesus Christ. 
They have the work of God done in their hearts, but then they sin away that grace and they go out and they fall away. They cannot be renewed and yet they cannot be renewed. Why? Because they've tasted the Holy Ghost. They've tasted the good word of God, the powers which are to come. And they say, well, these are those that have fallen away. Now, listen, I was raised in the old holiness church. I was raised where people were talking about getting saved again. And they say, well, so-and-so on Sunday, he came and got saved again. Or so-and-so got saved because they got caught in sin. It was never because they openly confessed. It's because they got caught in sin, adulteries and fornications or indecencies. And they'd have to come and confess. And they would lay another foundation of repentance for them to come get saved again. But what's interesting is they deal with this second work of grace, the eradication of the seed of sin. And they get rid of that old nature completely. They only walk in the new nature. And you meant this, and you, yet you never meet someone who fell away, who knows they fell away, admits they fell away. And by the way, when they do leave those churches, most of them go out into perdition. They go into drunkenness and debauchery, and they go into fornications, and they live lascivious. But you never meet one of them that says, you know, I used to be saved, and now I'm not saved. Yet they preach this dogmatically. They preach this as doctrine. And I've never met a person to date that says, you know, I used to be a saved man, then I fell away, and now I'm out in sin. I cannot repent. I cannot lay a foundation. But yet, they're they're trying to lay a foundation to return. He said they they crucified themselves, the Son of God. It's interesting, he says, to themselves. It is personal. They crucified themselves to the Son of God. And he said, afresh, and put him to an open shame. His work was not enough. I need more. His work did not seal me. I need more. His work did not keep me. I need more. And therefore, they lay again a foundation of repentance of dead works. And there are many in religion striving to find that place of repentance. They believe it's something they cannot obtain. They believe it's something unreachable. They believe they read Esau and they think, well, Esau, he couldn't find repentance. I can't find repentance. But it's not about you finding repentance, it's about you finding Jesus Christ. And when you see Jesus Christ, and you see who he is, and you realize the scriptures speak of him, you come to that crossroads where you see Jesus Christ, you see yourself, you see yourself condemned under sin, and then you have a choice to make. Will I go with Christ? Will I keep my own ways, my own philosophies? Will I walk with him? I'm ready to keep my own life. That's when repentance comes in, when you change your thinking about yourself. Change your opinion about yourself. Change your opinion about your ways. Turn to Christ or reject Christ. And many have rejected him. Many have absolutely blasphemed his name and mocked his name. They've walked away from what God has done. They've walked away from the goodness of God. A dear preacher friend of ours said they come to services. They see the move of the Holy Ghost. They sit into the ministry of the Holy Ghost. Uh, They see the good word of God. They taste the good word of God. They see that powers to come. They see the power of God move. They see the stirring of God. I told them the other night here. I said, there's many when the power of God falls, they do not acknowledge it as God. They do not know it's God. They have no idea that God is in the midst. All they see is a bunch of hoopla or a bunch of silliness. All they see is people run to the altar, which they think is foolishness. They see people weeping, which they think is foolishness. They see people emotional, which they think is foolishness. It's all foolishness to them because they do not understand the power of God. And they go out from us. They go out from us into apostasy. They go out from us and they were not all of us. Then it might be made manifest that they were not all of us. 
And he goes on, then it says in verse 7, For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it, and bringeth forth herbs, meat for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessing from God. And so he tells us that good earth takes up that water, that good earth takes it in, that good earth soaks it in. It brings forth herbs, and it's a blessing that God would do. That's a blessing that God gives. It's a blessing upon this earth. And he's using that as an illustration. Job 38 and verse 26. I'll start back in verse 25, rather. Who hath divided the water course for the overflowing of waters, or a way for the lightning of thunder, to cause it to rain on the earth where no man is, on the wilderness wherein there is no man, to satisfy the desolate and waste ground, and to cause the bud of the tender herb to spring forth. That's the marvelous work of the word of God. He told us in Deuteronomy in chapter 32, Give her, O you heavens, and I will speak and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass. And here's why he does that. Because I will publish the name of the Lord, ascribe ye greatness unto our God. He is the rock. That's why he brings that rain upon the grass. That's why the earth drinketh up that rain when it cometh oft upon it. Because the tender herb is going to bring forth its meat for them who it is dressed receiveth blessing from God. That's why God reigns. That's why God pours out. But then he says, that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected. That is those that have heard the good word of God. That is those that have tasted of the good word of God. They've been partakers of the Holy Ghost. They've seen the move of God. They've seen the stirring of God. And when that dew distills upon the grass and that rain falls, They have no concept or idea that it's nourishment for the seed that's been planted. They've rejected the seed. They've rejected the nourishment. They've rejected the water. And they're bringing forth thorns and briars. And he says, it's nigh unto cursing, whose end is to be burned. You look at that word nigh in the word of God, and you know there's nothing between. It's that basic. To draw near is to draw close to, within sight, within visibility, within a distance. But to draw nigh means there's nothing between. We've been drawn nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. How did he do that? He made us nigh by the blood. Something never before done. He made me nigh through his blood. He brought me to himself. Nothing between my soul and the Savior. Draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. What does that mean? There's nothing between me and God. And he said here of them is nigh unto cursing. They're flush up against cursing. There's nothing between them and cursing. There's no more strength. There's no more resilience. There's nothing to stop it. Because he tells us then whose end is to be burned. And what a tragedy for those that have sat under the word of God. What a tragedy for those that have heard. What a tragedy for those who have been under the blessings of the preaching of the word of God. And it comes to the end of their life and all they had to produce was thorns and briars and their end is damnation and wrath and judgment. And they're going to be burned. Yet they sat under the water of God. They sat under the washing of the word of God. They sat under the dew of the word of God, the ministry of the Holy Ghost. They were partakers of the gift. They've tasted the good word of God. They've seen the powers of the world to come. And yet they turn away. 
they would not receive the rain. God help us. If that's your end, I call you again this day to repentance. Lord, we'll be back on here tomorrow to finish chapter 6. There's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing For the prodigal child has come home And the saints all with gladness are singing The glorious song of the redeemed